Welcome back, everyone. And it has been a hot minute since I've done one of these, but you know, um, been caught up in school and things of that nature. And today, I just really want to get back into it. We're going to shake off the rust. And welcome back to the Children Sports Podcast. Now, to start us off, I want to change up the style of how I do my podcast here. And I, I want to ask some questions. And I'm going to answer the questions. Um, we're going to be focused on focusing on mainly NFL content today. And that is what I'm leaning my show towards as I progress throughout and just continue to make episodes as I'm trying to do consistently. I'm kind of failing at it, but regardless. Now, I want to ask, what are the Eagles? Now, the Eagles, they are first in turnover differential. They're fifth in total yards per game. But the bad thing is they are fourth in yards allowed per game. They have a superstar corner. They have some really good de defensive backs. Their offense is dynamic. They have multiple schemes. They can hit you with the run game, or they can switch it up and go deep with Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown, who was an offseason acquisition. A great acquisition at that. But the Eagles, they're on the cusp of a Super Bowl contender. They're young. So I say about give them another year. But you think about it, they also have veteran players. Jason Kelsey, who is a exemplary veteran lineman who can really lock down that line, call out commands, and just lead that line into whatever the set is, whatever the play call is. Now, the Eagles... Jalen Hurts has, he's progressed so much in his young career. I love Jalen Hurts as a player and as a person. I loved him when he was at Bama. I loved him when he was in Oklahoma. And when he got to the league, the main problem with him was his accuracy and his throw power. And it's seeming as though he has greatly improved those. And not only has he done that, he's put on weight, he's put on muscle, and that just furthermore improves their run game and I think he's a great player and he's going to be a great player for years to come and I think four years to come Philly is going to be a contender this year they will make the playoffs they might make it to the game before the Super Bowl but I don't think that they will be in the Super Bowl they're too young. They don't have as much experience as the other teams. You look at Buffalo. You look at Kansas City. You look at Tampa. Tampa's not going to make the playoffs. Um, uh, they're, they're doing bad this year. But just overall, I think that the turn they have a 12-2 um, turnover differential, I believe. I think that is their turnover differential. I know I know that they have I know they have a 12 turnover differential, but I don't know how many turnovers they have given other teams. But regardless, they are doing really good on the defensive end and they're not giving the ball away. And that is the most important things in games because when you look at it historically, interceptions, fumbles, any kind of turnover can lead to the downfall of a team in one play. I mean, you look at you look at the game this past week where two interceptions were thrown 
for pick sixes on back-to-back plays. And the game was over after that. It was over. There was no coming back from that. All the momentum was gone. Confidence was gone. And they couldn't overcome it. So I do think the Eagles are on the cusp of being able to be a playoff contender, Super Bowl contender, but they're not there yet. Give them a year or two, and they'll be there. Now, the next one is the 49ers. Why did the 49ers, quote-unquote, go all in? And was it the right decision to go all in? Now, the GM for the 49ers said in the locker room, according to Kyle Jusics, or however you say his last name, their full, 49ers fullback, he said they, that the 49ers have confidence in the roster and they have confidence in Jimmy G. Now, they, they, they do have a 3-3 three and three record, but they have time to turn it around. Now, Christian McCaffrey, it all matters on if he stays healthy. But, in Carolina, he was the main ball carrier. He had 20-plus carries a game, depending on how the game went. He had a lot of carries. In in the in San Francisco, he's not going to have that many carries. Ten carries max, when you look at how much depth the 49ers have and how much Kyle Shanahan schemes Debo Samuel into things and Elijah Mitchell and all these other great players that the 49ers have, they have a lot of depth in their roster and that is a good thing. That is something that you want to have confidence in. But Christian McCaffrey, he's not going to be able to be a quote-unquote full-time running back, a quote-unquote full-time acquisition because he stays injured so much. And it's kind of sad because he takes care of his body kind of the same way that LeBron does and Melo now, nowadays. Uh, Melo early in his career didn't really take care of his body. And we're seeing the result of that now. But that's a completely different topic. <clears throat> Sorry, I, I started to ramble there. Regardless, Christian McCaffrey stays injured. And it's only a matter of time. I hate to say that, but if if things can, if things progress as they have in the past and continue to develop as they have in the past, Christian McCaffrey will get injured because he plays so hard. He tries so hard, and he's so physical. And he fits the 49ers perfectly. He does. Now, the 49ers, they gave up, I think it was four first-round picks to get Christian McCaffrey. And a lot of people were debating who won this. And when you look at the Panthers, I think the Panthers did. Because, yes, they gave up Christian McCaffrey. But now they have four first-round picks. Next year... I'm assuming they're going to get a decent pick. Next year, you have four quarterbacks that are projected to be taken in the first round. What do the Panthers need? They need a quarterback. What do they need now? They need a running back. So, And they need probably another wide receiver, as a lot of the wide receivers are beginning to get more and more unhappy in the system as Baker Mayfield is struggling horribly. Uh, Baker Mayfield is doing god-awful in Carolina. But we'll talk about that uh, in the next episode. And you think about it, and the Panthers, they're going to be set. Um, 
all these picks that they just acquired hopefully can lead to great players for them in return because that's what they're doing. For the Carolina Panthers have gone into full rebuild mode. Okay. Um, they don't plan to win this year. They don't plan to win next year or the year after that. Obviously. Because it's going to take some time for all of their young players to get acquisitioned to the NFL and acquisition to the climate and just begin to get comfortable in the system. Now, the next one is, next question is, what's wrong with Russell Wilson? And there's a lot wrong with Russell Wilson. Um, right now, he has a 58% completion percentage. He has five touchdowns, three interceptions. His QBR is 35.2, which is a 30-point drop-off from his last season in Seattle. And we all remember how bad Seattle was the last season that Russell Wilson was in there. A 30-point drop-off. Now, that can improve. We're not that deep into the season. About week seven, I think, at the time of this recording. But Russell Wilson, he has lost complete and total deep ball accuracy. His arm strength doesn't look that good. I watched the Broncos game last week, and... Every time he tried to stretch the ball down the field, it was underthrown. He threw one to Jerry Judy, it was underthrown. He threw one to KJ Hamler, I believe, and it was underthrown. Now, Jerry Judy and Russell Wilson seemingly don't get along, as that's reports that's going around the league that they don't get along. And I can see it, because apparently Jerry Judy is immature, quote unquote, and. Russell Wilson, who is at the latter part of his career, is not really interested in a young, immature wide receiver. Now, he's a great wide receiver. He runs great routes, and he's fast. But if the team chemistry is not there, you're going to see you're going to see a record like this. They're 2-5, and five, I believe, and that that is terrible, especially with a new head coach new quarterback, and just complete and utter disappointment as far as game management, clock management, some of the plays that that are being called, Russell Wilson not audibling out. And when you think about Russell Wilson, his entire career, even going back to college, he has always been the lieutenant, or the number two in command, the colonel. He's not not the general. And he's always been told what to do and told how to do it. In Seattle, it was, we're going to run the ball, we're going to control the game, and you're going to drop back every now and then off of a play action, and you're going to stretch the ball down the field to Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett, or any of those receivers that he had in Seattle. And now that he's in Denver, Russell's the one that's having to make decisions. Russell's the one who is the general. He's the one who's commanding everything. He's making the decisions. When in Seattle and in college, when he transferred because he got booted out of the starting job, 
he was always told he wasn't good enough. That he didn't have it. He was too short. Couldn't see over the line. There was so many problems with his game that now I believe he's in his head. And once again, as he did when he came into the league and became a superstar, he's trying to prove all of his doubters wrong. And he's trying to prove that he's a pocket quarterback. But he isn't. He is a on-the-run quarterback. You look at Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, um, Patrick Mahomes. These guys aren't pocket quarterbacks. And they're doing great. They're excelling in this league. Young superstars, young future Hall of Famers. And Russell Wilson is single-handedly taking him taking himself out of the conversation whether or not he should maybe be a Hall of Famer because he really hasn't accomplished that much when you look at his career and how long he's been in the league. And it's just telling. You look at the record, 2-5. and five. You look at his stats, five touchdowns, three interceptions. His QBR, 35.2, a 30-point drop-off from his last year in Seattle, which was, it was like 60, 65, I think, was his QBR in his last year in Seattle. And if you go back into the earlier years of his career, his QBR only grew. It only got larger. And uh, a 30-point drop-off is it's almost unexplainable. It's almost like he's scared to move out of the pocket. It's almost like he's scared to do anything outside of the pocket. He's trying to prove something that isn't true. Stay true to what you know. Stay true to what you're good at. If I decided one day, instead of doing a podcast, I was going to start singing. And I was going to try to go to a record label and get them to publish, produce it. It would end... It would be terrible. I would lose all the money that I put into it because there's no reason for me to even try to do that because I'm not good at it. I'm a terrible singer. It would be like Shannon Sharp trying to go back into the NFL. He'd be terrible. He's old. He's still really, really big, and he is an all-time great, and he is a Hall of Famer, and he has earned every single one of those titles. But it's a different game nowadays. You think Shannon Sharp can run up and down the field all game? As the tight ends are doing now on go routes? No. And, you know, it's no shade. National Tight End Day was, um, it was yesterday. So, shout out Shannon Sharp. (laughs) You know, um, but regardless, we're going to get into some news here. And, you know, this is a shorter episode. But this this is my last, my last little thing here. (laughs) The Colts have benched Matt Ryan for Sam Ellinger. And they didn't really bench him. He got hurt. But uh, Frank Reich said that Sam Ellinger is going to be the quarterback going forward. And before I say anything about Sam Ellinger, we're going to go into him as a person. And if I, before I say anything about the Colts, we're going to go into him as a person. Okay. So Sam Ellinger... He was picked in the sixth round at 218. 
He went to college at Texas. And since he has been in the league, he had an impressive preseason. According to the Colts scouting report, he is young, athletic. He has good pocket presence. He's accurate. He has improved his arm strength and his velocity. Now first, before I go into Sam Ellinger, we're going to look at the Colts. Colts have a decent run game. And their defense, it has been slipping a little bit, but it is it is good this year. The Colts have a good defense. Um, the defensive backs are kind of lacking. The Colts don't really have a superstar wide receiver for him to throw to. And their O-line in pass protection is struggling immensely. The Colts have an amazing run game. Jonathan Taylor is one of the best in the league. Uh, you know, he almost won MVP last year, the year before last. I can't necessarily remember right now off the top of my head, but Jonathan Taylor is a great running back. They also have a great backup. They have almost a two, uh, a two-headed monster with um, Naeem Hines. Uh, he's a really fast, kind of short, stocky running back. Uh, really twitchy, has quick movements. And Jonathan Taylor's a lot of the same. A short, really built running back, twitchy, and fast. And Jonathan Taylor is everything you want in a running back. The only problem is this league isn't a run league anymore. This league is a passing league. So if you can't throw the ball 60 yards down the field, your team's going to struggle. Now, you can control the ball against certain teams, but certain teams have a really good defensive line. You can't control the ball on those teams because you're not going to be able to run because your offensive line is struggling. Now, let's get into Sam Ellinger. Now, all those things I said, impressive preseason, young, athletic, pocket presence, accuracy, arm strength, velocity, have greatly improved. He's still a kid. He's a rookie. And you're going to throw him into the fire. It's not going to work. For at least four games, it's not going to work. There are exceptions. Um, Bailey Zappi in New England. He's doing good. Cooper Rush. We all saw what Cooper Rush did. But Cooper Rush played a good team. And the truth began to show itself. He started throwing bad, th bad picks. Started overthrowing, underthrowing, and couldn't really move in the pocket. And Sam Ellinger is going to be a combination, in my mind, of Bailey Zappi and Cooper Rush. He's going to have decent arm strength, going to make good decisions, safe decisions, as I believe Frank Reich is going to impose upon him to do. And... His QBR is going to be high, most likely. They're going to start him out slow. He's not really going to stretch the ball down the field, I believe. And unless you have playmakers for as your receivers, it's not going to, that's not going to work. The Colts don't have playmakers at the receivers. Paris Campbell, Zach Paschal, um, Michael Pittman Jr., they, those guys aren't stars. They sure as heck are not superstars. And we're going to see them struggle this the entirety of the rest of this season. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to be close to making the playoffs. 
But at the end of the season, when they get a high pick, you're going to see them take a quarterback in the first round. Whoever that quarterback may be, I don't know. And at some point, you have to look at Frank Reich as the coach. He's struggling. He has been struggling for years. How do you have one of the best running backs in the league and you can't lead your team down the field? You look at the Giants. They have a decent to they have a, a C plus to B minus quarterback, Daniel Jones. They have B to B plus wide receivers. They have C to C plus O line. And and they have Saquon Barkley who has made a comeback. And you look at them and you say, Why can they do that? But we can't do anything. And that comes down to coaching, comes down to play calling. What is Frank Reich doing wrong to where he cannot game plan Jonathan Taylor to lead him down the field? And I'll tell you what he's doing wrong. He's not playing to his strengths. He's not doing what Kansas he's trying to he's trying to do what Kansas City does. He's trying to do what Buffalo does. And in reality, he needs to do what the Titans do with Derrick Henry. Run the ball, control the clock, and give it to your big man. Because Jonathan Taylor is a big man. He is. There's no doubt about that. And Sam Ellinger, he's going to struggle. He's going to have help from his running back, though. And hopefully, with the right game plan, he can get some easy throws in and be able to lead his team down the field, get a few touchdowns to instill confidence in himself, and hopefully he can grow into a great player. I personally doubt it. I do not think that he's going to be a great player. I think he's going to be a Davis Mills, where the first few games when he gets his feet under him, he's going to show out and he's going to do great. But once the, once teams get film on him, it's over. Because um, you, you see quarterbacks in this league, Cooper Rush, for example, again, first few games, led Dallas to touchdowns, led him to wins, and he didn't really have to do much because of, because of Dallas's defense. The Colts can't rely on their defense because they're not that good. So what do they rely on? The run game? What happens if you fall behind because of your defense being bad? You have to put it in Sam Ellinger's hands, and that is when young players fall, and that's when they fail. However, though, that is the end of this episode, and I appreciate everyone for listening. I appreciate all the love that y'all give me, and um, I'm going to start doing some podcasts again. I miss it. It's fun. Um, and I love seeing people listen to me ramble on about random things that pop up in my head. Regardless, um, check out the Twitter at Chilton Sports and you get updates, all that good stuff. Appreciate y'all and peace.